to fourth and out. We are into the second part of our double header where we are predicting this weekend's draft. Now, we've predicted a lot of things so far. We've predicted starting quarterbacks and where they're going to end up. We've predicted free agency. Scott Hasty, for the most part, I think we have got everything right, I say with confidence, probably not knowing <laughs> anything beyond the 10 biggest trades and free agency signings that happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm confident we've got Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson right. Yeah. And yeah. then everything after that, we might have fucked up. But hey-ho, it's all for fun. <laughs> Nels Burleson, thank you so much for joining us on this very special draft episode. You are our college football extraordinaire, um, massive, massive draft fan. Um, spoilers for the first part of the episode where we picked the first team picks. Did you see the Lions trading down? Not once, but twice. Dude. I mean, it would be a first in NFL history, but, you know, do you, I guess. Shout out to my boy, Scott. <laughs> so let's dive right back in. Let's pick 17 to 32. Now, while these might not be the 16 most prestigious picks in the draft, they do, for the most part, go to the 16 most prestigious teams. Because, of course, these are the teams that went to the playoffs. You know, I think it was 14-team playoffs last year. Is that right? So everyone except the uh, Raiders and the Dolphins are all playoff teams except for trades. Is that right? Uh, hopefully I've got all that right. Um, so let's just dive in. We're on to pick number 17. We have got the Las Vegas Raiders with their beautiful new stadium. Hopefully won't be empty this season. Who are they taking to join Derek Carr? Yeah, so a beautiful new stadium and a beautiful new player, hopefully. Um, and the the Raiders are an interesting one because, like, you would think that watching them and, and the way that they just miss out, they might need a couple of uh, spots on the offense to, to, to fill, like, weapons. Um, or they might need, um, you know, a couple of really, really big defensive players. But they've just added in Gokwe and free agency. Um, you know, and as a Baltimore player can say, he's, he's a quality talent, so he'll do well for them. Where I think they're going to go is tackle, um, which PFF um, suggests is kind of the main need for them. Um, and for me, I think that whilst Christian Darasaw is on the board and he would be a player that they would be like, oh, that's interesting. We weren't expecting him to still be on the board here. Um, I think actually they will have been looking at the whole um, of the past few months at Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, and Elijah Vera Tucker, um, for for them, absolutely kind of fits the need. Um, he's a player that if, if they don't take him, he's going to go off the board very, very quickly. But he's a tackle from UCS. Um, basically, um, he is is. Sort of slightly too small built to potentially play at blind tackle, um. So or or blind side, sorry, but but he he might fit in nicely in kind of the interior roles for them, um. But he's a sure fire starter week one for them, um. And absolutely kind of firms up firms up that um O line for Derek Carr and makes his job a lot easier. Um, and that's coming off a year, by the way, where Derek Carr had probably his best year since his rookie season. Um, so I think, you know, adding a player onto that O-line is exactly what they need to do. Um, so, yeah, let's go for Elijah Vera Tucker, please, to the LA Raiders. 
I like that, Scott, because, I mean, I like everything you've picked so far, because I can't not like it. Um, but it says here that Vera Tucker put up the highest pass blocking grade on true pass sets of any lineman over the past two seasons. And who's your star player at the Raiders? Like, protect him. Like, pass blocking is the way to, to um, go forward for the Raiders. And, uh, yeah, Vera Tucker going to the Raiders from USC. I like that pick. Scott, um, why are you not talking... Uh, sorry, why are you not taking Christian Darasaw, the who is rated ever so slightly higher uh, the yeah, Virginia Tech tackle? He is, but I think for me, the Raiders will, will, will have been looking at Vera Tucker purely because Christian Darasaw should be gone by this point. I'm surprised we've, we've kind of not drafted him by this point. Um, and I know that's kind of silly thinking that way because, you know, a lot of um, teams obviously go for the best player available. Might be a good pick for them, but for me, I think if they've been scouting Vera Tucker, if they've been going to Pro Day, if they've been doing all of that, then he's the guy they need to pick, you know. Um, and and in truth, as soon as you kind of talk about tackles, it's a pretty decent draft for tackles because you've got Panay Sewell, who looks like he's going to be one of the best um, tackles in years to come out of this draft out out of drafting. Um, and then obviously we've also drafted Rashawn Slater as well, who. You know, we don't know where, where he's going to line up. We know that whoever he lands to is going to be a very good player for. Um, but he can play just about anywhere across that line. So I think for me, it kind of sort of blends into each other, the players, once you get outside of Sewell and Slater. Um, all we know is the Raiders definitely need a tackle. And if they've been scouting Vera Tucker more than they've been scouting Darisaw, then it makes sense. Can I just add to that and say, hi, I'm back. Um, so I think, um, obviously, what I want to say is that Las Vegas build great O-line. And I say that because, obviously, it's been a hot off-season with rumours about, you know, Russell Wilson and where he wants to end up. And one of the teams that he, he signalled he'd like to go to was of course the Las Vegas Raiders and there were a lot there was a lot of talk on Twitter about why would Russell Wilson want to go to the Raiders and there's this epic picture someone responded with this epic picture of Derek Carr dropping back and the entire pocket is clean no one's getting through and obviously they they gave away their their starting left tackle and their guard they definitely need uh, um a, a new a new set um of O-line starters so I I completely agree fantastic pick Scott I love that picture. It, that's like the epitome of, like, when I first started watching NFL, I didn't really understand why linemen were there. It was like, oh, you know, that guy throws the ball to these guys and then these guys have a scrum while they're doing that. They're entirely unrelated things. And then that picture just sums up how good an O-line can be. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Nils, keep us going. 18, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Finally, they've got a pick. Um, or, or I got a second pick after... We have decided to, to send them Jamar Chase with pick number six. But they're back again this time around to pick 18. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, like you said, they picked up Jamar Chase, who is the consensus best wide receiver in this draft. And <clears throat> the problem with the Dolphins is everything is flipped. And what I mean by that is they have a left-handed quarterback. So... Most quarterbacks are right-handed, so their blind side is protected by their left tackle. 
which is the probably the most important important position on the line, if not the most important position on the team. You know, your left tackle, he protects your quarterback's blind side. Um, with Thank two you. Thank you, Michael Orr and Sandra Bullock for telling us that. <laughs> <laughs> so with Tua Tonga Vailoa, everything is flipped. Your right tackle at the Dolphins now needs to be as good as your left tackle. So you need to invest in O-line regardless here. And I think they do that next. And, you know, Vera Tucker was someone I was hoping was on the board. So I'm not mad that he's gone at 17 so if he's if he goes before the Dolphins get the chance to pick him, I see them picking up Christian Darisaw. Um great tackle. He's a big boy, 314 pounds, six foot five. Um he allowed zero sacks last year. Um and he got a pass block he got a pass blocking grade of um two hundred and ninety-three, which is really, really good. So I'm not surprised that um that, yeah, I think the, the next pick here for the Dolphins has to be Christian Darius, he has to go in the first round. Nice. I mean, like, everything I'm seeing about this guy is just absolutely amazing. Um, just his stats from, from what he achieved in the last three seasons at Virginia Tech. It's been really, really good. Highest PFF grade of any offensive tackle in the Power 5 in 2020. Um, he, you know graded 15th overall falling to the 18th pick at the Dolphins I hope I just hope that the Dolphins are smart with their two picks um like I, I hope like we've seen in the past where teams end up with lots of picks high in the first round and they somewhat waste them but Miami have a really good opportunity here to sort of reset as a franchise um especially with you know the emergence of the Bills and, you you know, the complete opposite direction for the Patriots. Miami have an opportunity to do something. Like, they, they've had it in them in the past to beat the Bills. So, you know, if they manage to do it again this year and get by the Patriots, this could lead to success for them in the future. Right, so Christian Darisaw goes to the Dolphins at number 18. So back to you, Scott. The yeah. Washington football team still called that <laughs> um sadly have a lot of needs they traded away a potential star quarterback because you know he had some attitude issues i'll be the first to admit him going to the steelers is a good thing um but in what possible direction are washington going to take this well this is it they are at, um you know the, the whole um the whole visual imagery of being at a, a crossroads with with different paths heading off, they've got so many different paths they can go into here. Um, what I've got down that they should be looking for, in order for me, is O line. Um, I can't I can't even think who the bloody quarterback is there. It's the it's um they're probably gonna roll with well, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah. So yeah. Alex Smith is retired. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, is Heineke not the only one left, and he's just signed a new contract? That's good. They've got Fitz Magic as well, I think. Fitz Magic, yeah. Start so, him. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, well, they're sorted. Then twenty wins a season. Um, <laughs> we do, we do love Fitz Magic here. So yeah, I mean, listen, the the Washington football team are another team that could potentially look at drafting up for quarterback. Um, they haven't been talked about doing it a lot, but they could. Um they'll probably suffer through this year and then see what's waiting for them at the end of it. But they they, they need to look at O-line. Um, they need a linebacker pretty badly. 
Um, I think I kind of had Mika Parsons falling to them in my own mock draft here. Um, so as we've kind of discussed, for some strange and incorrect reason, he's uh, dropping due to attitude problems. Um, and I had him dropping here. Um, they also need the safety, so they could have been looking at Murig. But to be honest with you, after Murig, you don't really have any other first-round safety talents in the draft. Um, I think they need corner as well. Uh, and then finally, they need wide receiver. Um, and for me, looking at what's left on the board at the moment, this is honestly the first pick where I've actually had to look at our board because I've not been able to immediately come up with an answer for you. Um, we're actually drafting, which is quite exciting. Um, so for me, I think there's a pick they could make, which would be a bit of a reach um, at linebacker. So they could do that. They could also take a chance on a couple of um, corners who are sort of having very fluctuating um, draft stock. So I'm going to mention them for the first time on this episode. They'll both absolutely probably go in the first round in our mock draft. But I want to mention Greg Newsom the second, and I want to also mention Caleb Farley. Um, and both of these corners are probably first-round talents. Caleb Farley had a terrible injury um, when he was in college football. And, um, yeah, he, he, had, he, had, he had to basically have back surgery. That's a very serious thing. If it wasn't for that, he as it says there, would be the first corner off the board in previous years. So this guy could be an absolute stud. Um, but there's issues there, and I don't think Washington will take him. Um, Greg Newsom II is probably closer. And the other guy that I'm going to say is a bit of a reach um, is linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Karoma, uh, which I'm very happy I got the name right. Okay, Jock. It's got Jock there, so we're going to call him Jock for the remainder of this episode. So Big Jock um, <laughs> is uh, another potential here at number 19. But one name I want to throw up, right, because if you're, if you're Taylor Heineke, if you're, if you're Fitzmagic, I just think they just don't have enough wide receiver talent. And I could reach for Big Jock. I could reach for one of the corners. But actually, I'm going to go wide receiver here. And Chris, if you can filter by position for wide receiver for me, um, you will see that Rashad Bateman is there. Um, and Nels will speak on Bateman. He'll speak very nice things. Um, Elijah Moore is a is a um, wide receiver. that You can see his average draft pick says 39.5, despite he's ranked 22nd. His stock is dropping, and he's probably not going to go first round anymore in real life. Um, I know Nels is a big fan of him. Hashtag baby DK. Um, but I just don't think that he's going to go here. Scrolling down a bit, interestingly, I'm interested to see um, what the average draft picks are for a couple of these guys because who I've been hearing um, will be wide receiver four is absolutely, Chris, Florida wide receiver Kadarius Tony. So Kadarius Tony um, is really, really tall. He's very big built. Um, and he is a bit raw. He doesn't play for one of the kind of, uh, you know, true kind of top teams in college football. But he did have a very, very good couple of seasons in college football. Um, and his draft stock's rising. Um, so I think for me, Washington are going to have a look at a wide receiver. And I think the guy that, that might be quite interesting for them is Kadarius Tony. So I'm going to draft him at number 19. 
Do you know what, Scott? It's a reach as you admitted yourself, but you broke it down for me. You explained the needs. And Washington are a team, you know, they went to the playoffs last year as division winners. Essentially, like, they only need to make very slight changes to keep doing that. Like, I, you spoke earlier about how that division, bit of a dumpster fire. So anyone in the division has a shot. And a wide receiver, you know, a skill position player is the, you know, small steps towards doing that. Um, who knows what team Washington are going to be next year? I don't know if they're ever going to regret what they did with Alex Smith. Um, hopefully they won't. Hopefully it'll be a you know potential back-to-back di- uh, East Division winning season, but we'll have to see. That takes us to the Chicago Bears. Yes, snuck into the playoffs last year um, as the number seven seed in the NFC. <laughs> Without anyone really noticing that they have a really bad team. Don't get me wrong, I love them. Uh, I remember being... <laughs> really internally torn when um, the quarterback changes were happening at this team but uh, yeah I I personally I genuinely don't know where they are going to go with this draft hopefully Nels can clarify it for me well another potential landing spot for Russell Wilson if he decides to leave the Seahawks but um, I have to say that the the Bears are Possibly, like, they're not the team that I hate the most because there are teams I definitely, you know, hate, like, New England, um, 49ers, but they're the team that I just, like, I forget they're an NFL franchise sometimes, you know? But they're rolling with the red rifle for at least this year, so Andy Dalton has a starting job and the Bears have a quarterback for at least one year. I don't think they're going to heavily invest too much in their offensive line. I think they think they've got the pieces... Um, they might invest in another weapon. And I, the reason I think they could invest in another weapon is because if it doesn't work with Andy Dalton, they've already got someone that they can build for the future with their next quarterback. So the person I see them picking up is Rashad Bateman. Now, the thing about Rashad Bateman is he's a great, he's, he's one of the best route runners in college football. He can create space. He can, you know, break away from a defender, but his top-end speed isn't that great. So, definitely a good pick for the Bears, and especially the way that they run their offense. Um, I think he'll be a good fit, and I definitely think it, it, he's someone that could start for them right away, but it will be a pick that you will see him come on in year three or year four. Like That's when you really see Rashad Bateman start to shine. I think that's a good thing, and I think that by the time you get to this stage in the draft, there is certain picks where you're going, right, that's our future star, but it's not going to be immediate, and, and you know, fans never like that. For fans, it's just, get him in now, we want him in now, but um, no, that's that's an absolutely fine. So Rashad Bateman, Derek's brother, heads to the Chicago Bears at number 20. Um, let's see what the Indianapolis Colts are going to do at 21. Yeah, um, first of all, I want to say that is the perfect pick. That's who I had them taking number one on my my war room draft board. Um, and another good reason why it will definitely be wide receiver for them for me is that Alan Robinson is on a, a effectively, you know, he's he's franchise tagged. So at the end of the year, he could be gone if 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 they decide not to pay him, you know. Um, so they could be bringing in Bateman to effectively uh, transition to take over Alan Robinson's gig there. Um, right, with the Colts, I think this is the start, and Nelson will know what I'm talking about. This is the start of opening the edge door 
Um, and the edge door is going to take up the majority of the rest of this draft, Chris, um, because there's so many great first-round edge talents and there's so many teams coming up that need an edge. Um, so we are going, we are, we're going to open the edge door um, and the player we're going to open the edge door with is not Jason Oway because Jason Oway, despite having all the tools he needs, didn't actually get a sack last year. He, he, he went through the whole last year getting every single stat he would need apart from the sacks. So he can't possibly um, go as 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 the first edge here. I know I know we've already taken by the Quitty Pie. Quitty Pie is like so far in front of the rest of them. And then there's a big sort of bulge of edges here, okay? But for me, Owe can't be the the, the 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 top of that list. So even though it has them there, that's not how it's gonna go for me. The guy is Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips from Miami. I'm annoyed that Nels didn't take him to Miami earlier at pick 18. That's the Hollywood pick. Send them to Miami. Um, keep him in the state, you know. Um, but yeah, he he had a fantastic season for the Hurricanes. Effectively, um, the Hurricanes had this guy who um, Nels knows is my favorite player in this whole draft called Gregory Russo, um, who's also an edge. But Gregory Russo sat out last year, and Jalen Phillips took his uh, place. And both of them are basically going into the draft this year as potential. Both of them first round talents, which is quite wild. Um, but Jalen Phillips, because Gregory Russo has been out of football for a year, Jalen Phillips just has that, um, ironically, edge on him. Okay, so this is the pick for me. The Colts are going to go edge because there's not a wide receiver available um, that fits the kind of position that they're in for me. Um, and again, we've we've blessed, we've sort of blistered through all of the great tackles on the board for me. I think Edge is the best player available. Well, the best position available. And I think Jalen Phillips is the best player available in that position. So I'm going him. Excellent. So Jalen Phillips from Miami U um, goes to the Colts overall. They have some other needs at tackle and wide receiver, but we're going to address Edge first of all. And, you know, there's a lot of Edge talent still to come later in this draft including uh, Owe, I think that's it. Is that how you say his name? Scott mentioned him. Um, and lots of other players like Christian Barmore, who ranked 12th overall, were down 10 picks from that. Could he go to the Titans at number 22, Nils? I don't think he'll go to the Titans, but what I will tell you is I do agree with a lot of the sentiments Scott said. And what again, Scott, you're, you're absolutely right. I think Jalen Phillips is definitely an option for Miami. I just do think that they need to look after Tua. A little bit more and that's why i made the pick and just the, the final thing i want to say on jalen phillips is he ran a four five at his pro day and for those that don't understand a four five is faster than some quarterbacks so that coming off your edge is terrifying but we're here to talk about the tennessee titans and at number 22 there's a few different ways that they could go the first way being, of course, cornerback. Um, I really think Greg Newsom is an option for them. I really think he's one of the premier um, cornerback talents in this draft. I also think that they could go tackle or guard because, again, you know, Derrick Henry has just come off a 2,000-yard season and they've let go of some of their O-line that helped Derrick Henry get those 2,000 yards in that season. So... You know, the names of 
walk a little. I, I don't know why he's so high, to be honest with you. He hasn't played football in a year. Tevin Jenkins, Dylan Redans, and Samuel Cosme all, you know, are viable picks for the Titans here. But um, I don't think any of these talents are good enough to be picked at number 22. And so for that reason, that reason alone, it's quite a mediocre first-round pick. But I do think that Greg Newsom is the the best pick for the Tennessee Titans here, and that's what I'm going to lock in. Nice one. Um, Newsom allowed all twi- sorry, 12 catches on 34 targets for 93 yards. I love that stat. That's brilliant. Greg Newsom from Northwestern heading to the Titans. And uh, coming back around thanks to the Seattle trade is the New York Jets at 23. Is this the Jamal Adam- Adams one, Scott? Yeah, it is. Um, I'm really keen to hear from Nelson his sort of retrospective if he thinks that that trade has worked out or not. So, if you asked me right after the LA Rams game, I would have said no. I was very emotional that day, Scott. I'm sure you can remember. It was not a good day for me. But what I do think is, and this is my honest opinion, I've, I've swayed back and forth on this. I think it is too early to tell. And it's too early to tell because, you know, like you said earlier, Seattle are in win-now mode. So if for, for some reason, say they turn around and get the chip this year and they go all the way, then it worked out perfectly. But if they don't and we start going through a bit of a rebuild phase, you know, we, we've got a problem on our hands. But I definitely think that at the moment, I'm leaning more towards we gave up a little bit too much for someone like Jamal Adams. Cool. Um, so, yeah, for me, the Jets here is a really interesting pick because they've already got their prize. Their prize is Zach Wilson. They've made sure they've done the business there. They don't get to go to bed yet. They have to stay up and, and pick at number 23. Um, but they've dealt with QB. So, for me, on my board, what I have is that the Jets are looking for a quarterback, which they've sorted, a cornerback, and we've already discussed Caleb Farley, but I still think it's a bit too early for him. So I think they, they pass on that. They could go edge. There's a bunch of edges on the board, which um, you know we'll, we'll look through and could make sense. They, they need tight end, but there's none. There, there's none until like round three, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> they need linebacker. And Big Jock is on the board. We like Big Jock. He could come off here. There's also another couple of linebackers coming up as well, which I will discuss soon, but not just yet. Um, I'm a big fan of Zayvon Collins. I can see him going um, before the end of the first round. He's really, really explosive out of Tulsa. Um, And he's, despite the fact that um, PFF have him down as a second-round talent, he's been going, to be honest, for the most part, I can see in, in sort of first round um, mock drafts. So I can see him potentially doing that. Um, however, there is something that the, the PFF draft client, for all its greatness, um, is missing um, from every pick. And that is running back. Um, and for me, the Jets have maneuvered a couple of pieces on wide receiver. They brought in... Um, Oh, forgotten his name from the Titans. Um, previous first round talent. Can't remember his name. Nels, can you remember his name? From the Titans. Yes. And the Jets brought him in. Yeah, he had a great year last year. The wide receiver. Yeah. 
I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't remember his name. Um, I'm going to quickly Google it because it's worth mentioning. Um, Jameson Crowder. No, but they've Corey already Davis. got James. What? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Yes, they brought in Corey Davis. They've already got Jameson Crowder. They've probably sorted Zach Wilson's wide receiver targets for the year. Is kind of what I'm talking about, right? But I think they could use running back. And Chris, if you can fill a position running back, um, I think it's time to finally talk about running back. So ignore all of the ranks, ignore all of the uh, the average draft picks here. Um, the the state of the matter is in real life. Um, we are probably going to see some running backs go in the first round. Now, Javonte Williams here at North Carolina is not the number one running back. There are two that we really need to talk about, which is Najee Harris, Alabama. Chris, I want you to go into um, his profile for me and look at how many touchdowns he got last year because it is insane. The guy... 26 last year. 26 touchdowns last year. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's had almost 40 touchdowns in three years um, and approaching 3,000 yards in three years as well. That is unbelievable, really. Um, and then not far behind him, to be honest, um, Travis Etienne at Clemson was such a huge part of what made them the team that they are and what made um, you know um, Lawrence's time there so successful was his combination with Etienne. So I think as we approach this um, part of the draft where we've got the Jets who can pick anything they want, really, and we've got the Steelers coming up with the worst run um, run game in the NFL last year. I wasn't sure where that was going, but I'll allow <laughs> that. <laughs> well, statistically it was. And then you got like the Jaguars. Worst, worst run. We run everything great, <laughs> except the actual run game. <laughs> worst run team. Um, but yeah, so, so you got you got the Jets who need a running back, you got the Steelers who need a running back, and you got the, the Jags who might be incredibly interested in partnering Lawrence back up with his old pal Travis Etienne. I think that whilst um, a lot of mock drafts are missing out on the running back hype, this, these three picks could be quite interesting. And I'm going to blow the doors wide open. I'm going to say that the Jets are going to draft Alabama running back Najee Harris here. So this is where I can finally get involved properly because Najee Harris is one of the few names um, I actually know in this draft class, obviously because he's been linked to Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Scott goes out saying, I, I can't miss the the huge numbers that are staying me in the face that his average draft position will be almost double where you've taken him, more than double where you've taken him, sorry, and his rank is currently 65th, but you're taking him in the first round? Justify it. Come on. I justify it by the fact that the PFF website doesn't have running back on any of their needs. So I think part of it is a glitch in the system. But then the other part of it is that, I mean, come on, just look at it in real life. Like the Jets run game sucks. The Steelers run game sucks. The Jaguars run game. I'm pretty sure they had a rookie last year who did some decent bits. But I just think if, if, Travis Etienne is still up. Like now, Nels might take Etienne here. We'll see. But if he's still up at twenty-five, and I'm on the board with the Jags, I'm going to be incredibly interested in taking Etienne so he can be partnering back up with Trevor Lawrence. We'll see. Uh, absolutely, I have to agree with Scott here. The um the the PFF website does. I think it is a glitch in the system. They don't have running back needs on anyone. So those five like there's five running backs that could easily go in the first round, and Najee Harris is a great pick. 
don't get me wrong, he played for Alabama and that name just screams out at me as, you know, success. Uh, Najee, you know, I'd love him to end up at Steelers. I'd love him to end up in the first round. We'll have to wait and see what happens. But finally, at 24 in the first round, Nels gets to pick the best draft pick of the day. Right. I, I'm can I quickly up. throw something in, actually? <laughs> can, I, can I quickly ask, right? Bearing in mind that you don't know anything about yes. college football. <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was going to be the end of the season. I sentence. was going to ask this as well. Chris, what do you want the Steelers to draft? Do you f- what do you think you want the Steelers to draft? I'm so happy that we we, we get to speak about this because this is my only, only real personal input I want to give using this. and I'm just going by what I've seen um, in the last year and um, what I've seen in the offseason as well. Steelers have uh, lost Villanueva. They've had Pouncey retire. I think that tackle has to be, or just general offensive lineman has to be a priority number one. The thing is, is as we have seen with Pittsburgh Steelers, running back is a huge need. I think that's the second most need for me. Running back's a huge need, but you can deal with having a bad running back. Like, you know, 12 game streak last season without really having any sort of run game. And also, it's not all about the actual rushing yards. Like, the, one of the few highlights that we seen out of James Conner last year was that he can catch the ball a little bit. And Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw the ball, you might have noticed. So, we, we sort of cruised by without having a good... Um, running back last year but you need to have a good line I've said this all the way through what we've been recording you have to protect the quarterback it should be priority one for all uh, teams like you know that's the why they made the blind side and that's why you know left tackles have generated the highest contracts of any position outside of the quarterback so for me it's got to be tackle I want Ben to be protected for you know maybe it's a year maybe it's two years I definitely know that the, the end is coming soon and it's coming fast for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh so I just want to make sure that they they do this because of course the other side of this coin is as well is it's not all about this year like if they you know if Ben's gone at the end of this season they're still going to have another young guy that they're going to have to protect as well so the situation doesn't stop when Ben leaves so yeah for me it's tackle I know that PFF thinks we need a quarterback I wouldn't want a quarterback in the first three rounds of this draft I definitely want someone on the offensive line Nels is like, right, quarterback. <laughs> First round not, pick, long snapper. <laughs> no, I'm not going to pick a quarterback here, but there's another position that I've noticed that isn't on the PFF website, and that is center. And I think that that is a big need for the Steelers, especially considering, you know, um, like your O-line is aging. Maurik Pouncey has just um, retired, and you guys need a leader on the line. So... This could be considered a bit of a reach, but I definitely think it's a move that the Steelers could make. So I want to talk to you guys about Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey is a junior from um, Oklahoma Sooners, a great college football team. Um, he's six foot five, three hundred and twenty pounds, and he's got absolute clamps for hands. Like once he gets hold of a nose tackle or a D lineman, they're not going anywhere. So he's a potential um, pick, I think, that the Steelers could make here. I also think, as Scott said, Travis Etienne is um, definitely up there in terms of, you know, pick, uh, a pick. But part of me wants to see that, you know, that Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne link up again at Jacksonville. So I'm not going to go in that direction. I do wonder 
if the Steelers will just roll with Benny Snell Jr. as your first string running back this year. Like, you know, he's shown flashes of brilliance. Are they going to finally say, okay, here you go, run with it? It'll be interesting to see. I think another potential pick for um, the Steelers is Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama. He's 6'6", 325 pounds. And what I think he's got over um, Creed Humphrey is he's slightly bigger and he has the extra year of experience because he's a redshirt senior as Creed Humphrey is a redshirt junior. So um, whilst Pro Football um, Focus has him going in the second round, I definitely think he is an option for the Steelers here. He only allowed one sack last year. Um, One big worry about Landon Dickinson though is that he tore his ACL um, previously. So I know I've gone around the block here, but I do think Creed Humphrey is the guy, and that's who I'm going to pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Creed Humphrey at number 24. I have to say I like this. Like, reading about Creed here, um, you know, didn't allow a single sack in his entire three-year career with the Sooners. I know they're not a a massive name in the world of college football, but um, I quite like this. I know that he's ranked 62, but as you say, none of these teams have centre as a need and we've just lost a 10 year starter at center um pouncy we literally ran pouncy until the wheels came off um i think the team's going to be so different next year with him gone um the whole you know I, nobody knows what the steelers are going to be next year i don't and i've watched every snap they've played for the last god knows how long um so as always i, I really like this pick thanks for sending this guy my way Nels. um Let's roll on now, and um, we've got the Jaguars back around again. Um, after taking Trevor Lawrence earlier on, they're back again via the LA trade. Is this golf related? Who's the, what, How have they ended up at 25? I absolutely have no idea. Let's the have Jaguars have been accumulating picks for years. I don't. Yeah, I don't think this was golf related because that was too oh, indie. No. Apologies, it's, it's Ramsey related. I knew it was something. To oh, Jill and Ramsey, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah that makes so, sense. Uh, they traded their first and fourth round selections and a 2020 first overall selection to the Jags in exchange for Jill and Ramsey. Um, Scott yeah. has to be asked before you make this pick. Does that move paid off for them? Um, I think it's fine. And the reason I think it's fine is because it works better for both parties. What the Jaguars are going to do here is they're rebuilding completely. This is a... I, I, I honestly think with, with Urban Meyer and, and Lawrence, we're bringing a college football team into the NFL, and we're going to see how a college football team fares in the NFL. It's really exciting. I, I honestly don't think that you will have seen a team like what the Jaggers are going to be playing like. They're going to be using logic, loads of like college schemes, and it's going to confuse the hell out of a lot of the NFL teams. Um, and you've got a guy who I said is a chameleon at quarterback in, in, in Lawrence who can run a lot of these schemes that... that NFL teams don't adopt, you know? Um, so it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, I think they are not going to go tight end. I know, obviously, it says on the board tight end is a good, like, like an important position for them. Um, I do think in terms of weapons, um, wide receivers not up there, but actually they probably – it wouldn't hurt if they brought in a wide receiver or, or two more. So I think they could potentially look at someone like Terrace Marshall Jr., or Elijah Moore, or Rondale uh, Moore as well. Um, but I think for this pick, they're not going to do that. 
Um, they might think about tackle. Um, one name that Nels didn't bring up that I would have for the Steelers, because for me as well, by the way, um, I think Najee Harris is really tempting for the Steelers. But the Steelers are usually a team that draft really well. They're, they draft sensibly. Um, and I think they will want to protect Ben. So I'm really glad Nels brought up Creed Humphrey because it's a pick that I've seen quite a lot and it's 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 not a reach. It's a, it's a clever pick. But one name that he didn't speak about was Tevin Jenkins at tackle, who I've seen a, a lot go in these kind of positions. Um, so yeah, o- Oklahoma State tackle Tevin, Jens, uh, Tevin Jenkins. Um, and yeah, he's... He's basically been an absolute stud in college football, um, and he's probably going to either be a late first-round talent or an early second-round talent. It just so happens that a lot of the teams coming up um, are in are in the market for a tackle. Um, so I think Tevin Jenkins here could be really interesting. Um, but do we go Hollywood or do we go what makes sense? Um, and I think if we get here on the night... The chance to to bring Etienne in with Lawrence is just too exciting. It's too entertaining. It gives them an offense that is just completely unpredictable. So for me, I am going to go Travis Etienne to the Jacksonville Jaguars with 25th pick. 85 runs of 15-plus yards in his Clemson career, you have to say. That is really, really good. Um, so this, I like this. I like the Hollywood nature of this. And, you know, Clemson are quite a Hollywood team in the college football world. So glad to see that. Hopefully the Jags fans will see that as a return on the investment, you know, return on the Jalen Ramsey money. Uh, okay, could, you imagine, right. could you imagine on draft night how, like, insane the, the Jags fans will be if they get both Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne They'll be having the biggest party in America that night in Jacksonville. Yeah, huge, 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 huge. Teammates as well come to the same team would always be, you know, that'd be a great way to get them, you know, up and running pretty quickly. Okay, from the players who got left, I'm noticing that uh, Big Jock is still sitting there, Elijah Moore is still sitting there, Christian Barmore, potential first-round talents. But now we come to pick 26. Um, The Browns had a very, very good game and the playoffs against the Steelers and uh, sadly that was pretty much the end of the journey for them and the NFL playoffs after that but where are they going to go in 2021 Nils? Well it's it's interesting that you mentioned Christian Barmore because I do want to talk about him but this is usually um, in every mock where I've seen Gregory Russo go you know um, six foot seven big athletic edge rusher would be the perfect pair to Miles Garrett. You got Garrett on one side, you got Russo on the other. That is a problem. That's a problem for Baltimore, that's a problem for the Steelers, because you've got to face him twice a year. That's not very nice. Now, um I do think this um the Browns are building a bigger defense. You know, with the picks that they've made in recent years, Denzel Ward has worked out really well for them. You know, picking up Miles Garrett, great defensive picks, and they they're building a real core. Um, but I think there's a need that they have to address much more urgently than getting um, than prioritizing getting Gregory Russo on their team, and that is interior line because they have um, they've let go of Sheldon Richardson. So that's why I think they're gonna go with Christian Barmore here at number twenty six. 
Pressure. Your microphone is off, but I'm assuming what you're saying is what a terrific pick for the Browns there. With... That's really what I was saying. Um, Christian Barmore from Alabama, of course, um, fits in the position of the Browns' biggest need after the season they've had. Finally off the board a little bit later than PFF maybe would have liked, but you know the numbers aren't absolutely perfect on here. But yeah, I like this. Um, Barmore has really, really, really great stats and. Um, you know, if you look at the numbers here, he's um, he's you know managed big numbers in sacks and hits in the last season, um, ninety overall grade. That's pretty damn high. Okay, so on to pick twenty seven, and um, this is interesting, Scott. You're going to pick two Baltimore Ravens picks in this draft, which I'm really really excited for. A uh, couple of needs in tackle, edge, and wide receiver. Wide receiver, I think for me, is probably the biggest one. Haven't seen a good bit of the Ravens. I don't know if you agree. What you who are you sending where? Ah, right. Yeah. So first of all, I want to say by the way, right? I know I've made some mental moves, but one thing we wouldn't have been able to do on this draft client, but I was a hundred percent going to do. I'm so so mad that the Ravens have ruined this episode of fourth and out because I was going to launch an insane trade on the go to trade Orlando Brown out from the Ravens and trade him to, I was thinking about a couple of teams, but yeah, KC at 31 was one of the teams I was thinking about because obviously they let Eric Fisher go. We'll talk about that trade when we get to it, but giving the Ravens two um, spots here is good. Because we, it, you know what, it's maybe the only needs that PFF has got bang on um, is that we absolutely need a wide receiver. And Christ, I could write a thesis on why we need a wide receiver. Um, we have let go of a few wide receivers over the uh, free agency window. We brought in Sammy Watkins from KC. Um, obviously, when he started out at the Bills, um, you know, he was he was pretty hot. Um, fun fact: the OC he had at the Bills was Greg Roman, um, who is now ours. So that is interesting and bodes for good things. Um, however, he was pretty immense at, at at the Chiefs. Let's be honest; he wasn't that good. Um, he he joined the Chiefs in a big deal and then found himself being like the third or fourth choice for for Mahomes. Um, and that only happens when you're not very good at your job and you're not very reliable. And what, what Lamar Jackson needs, because Nelson and I were talking about this earlier today, and Nelson was talking about the, 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 the frankly stupid idea of us drafting up for a quarterback. And I was like, don't even get me started on that nonsense. We can are. I just, can I just make a disclaimer there? It wasn't actually me. This was something <laughs> that was said on NFL Network. I'm not that crazy. Okay, yeah. good. But, but. The notion that, that we don't believe in Lamar Jackson is dumb. It's a dumb notion. We absolutely believe in Lamar Jackson. The Ravens just really suck at picking up good wide receivers. We're not very good at it. In my, in my time watching the Ravens, which is fast approaching now 10 years, we've only had one good wide receiver, really, um, that we brought in, which was Steve Smith Sr. Like, why can't we just bring in wide receivers that are Steve Smith Sr.? We, we we bring in wide receivers like Willie Sneed and then wonder why Lamar Jackson has issues throwing the ball. So we've binned off Willie Sneed. Um, so we absolutely need to replace him. 
But for me, Sammy Watkins should be his replacement. Sammy Watkins shouldn't be wide receiver one. We need to bring in a wide receiver one. And we need to bring in somebody who's a different build from Marquise Hollywood Brown, who is not a big, strong guy. We need somebody like DK Metcalf. We need somebody big and bulky. And the player that I think we need to take in that position, because to be clear, there's still so much edge talent on the board. I think we can afford not to pick edge here and pick edge in 31. I think there's still a couple of good tackles on the board that we can afford to not go tackle. We're also looking at signing um, Villanueva from the Steelers and then probably playing him at right tackle. So we've got Ronnie Stanley at left tackle and uh, Villanueva at right tackle. Um, so for me, wide receiver's the need. And I am not looking at Elijah Moore. Who I'm looking at instead is a player that we have been linked with on every single mock draft in existence, even the ones that haven't been written yet. And that is Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. Um, now, Jamar Chase, as we know, sat out this year. Terrace Marshall Jr. stepped up to the plate this year. Um, he had a very, very good year. Um, very young guy, which means we'll get a hell of a career out of him. Um, and, you know, as, as it says there, he filled in for Justin Jefferson, quite a similar player to him. And look how well he's done at the Vikings in, in, in his rookie year, you know. Um, this is a really, really big, tall guy. He gives us a wide receiving presence we don't currently have. And for me, it's kind of what we need. I still don't think it's like a surefire thing. He, you know, he, he might not be as prolific as we need because he only had, um, I think, 10 touchdowns last year, which is, you know, pretty standard by college football um, terms. But I think at this point, he's good value for the pick. So this is my pick, Terrace Marshall Jr. I know this is a bit, you know, um, flipping the coin here, but I'm reading Terrace Marshall here and his numbers look amazing filling in. Um, for was it Chase you said who was injured? So what's the downside of this guy? Is there one? Because he's you know projected to rank twenty uh, eighth overall. Um, the only downside know, average for position thirty fifth. So what what what's what's downside about this? The the downside for me is that the Ravens have terrible luck drafting wide receivers. It's scary as a Ravens fan thinking that we are bringing in a wide receiver. And what I really didn't like, and Nels knows this because I've been uh, like arguing with Nels for months about this, is that if the Ravens only had one pick in the first round, I didn't want it to be wide receiver because the chances of Marshall coming in and, and solving everything that we've that we've got as issues on, on the offense are so slim. There's always going to be issues there. We Weirdly, the Ravens scored the most points last year. And Lamar Jackson was the MVP the year before, but apparently our offense is broken. That's what everyone keeps on saying. Um, I don't think Terrace Marshall is going to be the player we want him to be because we went after Allen Robinson. We went after Kenny Galladay in free agency. We failed. We should have gotten one of them because that's what we realized as a franchise we needed. We need a clear out-and-out out number one wide receiver. So to bring Marshall Jr. in, and expect that in his rookie year is it's a lot of pressure and it's as I say it's just not a surefire thing. We've we've missed every time that we've draft a wide receiver in the past like ten years. It goes wrong. Um but 
everything is pointing to this one changing that. So I think we still go this. Right, let's lock in Marshall Jr. to the Ravens. And thankfully, you know, it doesn't entirely matter if they screw this pick up because we're going to come back around to them in a few picks time. But before we do that, at 28 on the clock, we've got the Saints. My God, talking about teams that are going to be different in 2021. There's one for you. What's going to happen here? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting pick, the Saints, because obviously it's going to be a different, you know, look. No Drew Brees, of course. It gave Taysom Hill as much money as Russell Wilson, but made it avoidable. So I don't know if that shows that they have faith in him and they're going to, you know, build around him or if they're going to go on to Jameis Winston or go into a completely different direction altogether when it comes to quarterback later on. Um, with the Saints but I think there's two options here and there are two guys staring us in the face right now on the board Jeremiah Owusu Komora Jock or um, Elijah Moore now Elijah Moore would replace that Emmanuel Sanders size holes albeit they're different receivers I do think that there's someone that um, he's someone that the, the Saints could use and I think if they want to you know make life easier for Michael Thomas and give Taysom Hill all the opportunities in the world, then they'll go for someone like this. On the other hand, they do need, you know, kind of that leader on defense and Owusu Komora could absolutely be that guy. So it's a, it's a toss up here, but I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Nice. Um, Elijah Moore's um, been on our draft board for a little while here. He's ranked inside the top 25 picks in the draft so taking them at the Saints uh, 28 is great um, obviously you know the Sanders hole is an issue the Breeze hole is an issue um, it's difficult to tell where Saints are going to go in the NFL draft but we're going to give them more um, Scott give me your thoughts on that and take us away with the Green Bay Packers will they draft a third quarterback <laughs> to just ruin uh, Aaron Rodgers at 29 hopefully they'll maybe give him some weapons instead yeah, they're going to draft a quarterback to to give uh, Jordan Love someone to talk to sitting on the bench next season. <laughs> um, did, no, I, did Jordan I, Love I, play a snap last year, no? Uh, ooh, don't I don't think, think so. He, I don't Not think one. he did. Um, you, you know what? I actually think as well, if the Packers were in the mood for drafting up, Jordan Love is some nice draft stock. Because I, I think that they got that really wrong last year and like I love that Rogers went and did that. That was awesome, and I hope he does it for the next few years as well. Because I still think he's got a good five years left in him for me, Aaron Rodgers. Um, talking about the Saints pick for me, I would have went somewhere else, but that's fine. Um, I would have went linebacker. I think Big Jock is the right pick for them, and. Get this, despite him surely being the best linebacker left on the board, I'm going to go someone else because I don't think he is the best linebacker left on the board. Um, I am going back to a name I mentioned earlier, a six foot five monster rushing at you out of Tulsa, Zavin Collins, who I just think has to go in the first round. He's a first round talent. He is terrifying this guy is fast as a cheetah like you are just going to be scared if you're playing against this guy um and i think that the packers are in the position where 
they can just go for something that they like. They can look at something and think, we might not necessarily suck here. Let's go for something flashy because we can. We're in a position to do so. I think the Packers didn't make the Super Bowl last year because of luck. Not Andrew Luck, just luck. Um, so I think really they can they can do whatever the hell they want here. The other pick I was thinking about for them was Caleb Farley because again, it's it's a it's a it's a um, it's a risk, a huge risk. The guy had back surgery, but the upside for Farley is insane. Um, for me though, yeah, I'm gonna go for Tulsa linebacker here, Zaven Collins to the Green Bay Packers. Do you know what? You're so right. Like, I feel like it was just a sheer freak accident that the Packers didn't make the Super Bowl. When, like, when when they lost the Buccaneers, I was like, that can't have just happened. Even though I was a massive Buccaneers fan, I never at any point expected them to get by the Packers. I was fine with the Saints and the Chiefs, you know, two teams that are, you know, arguably even better, but I, was, I just couldn't believe it. I was so behind Aaron Rodgers in this year's playoffs but no um you're right it could be it could be looked at as a bit of a gamble but collins from tulsa um linebacker to the packers i really like that right we've got three picks left um we've of course got the buccaneers with the final pick we've got the ravens via the chiefs picking at 31 but right now let's go to nels who's going to pick us number 30 the buffalo bills great season for them I'm, i'm really interested to see where they end up because they look like a really complete package at the end of the season Absolutely great, um, great season for the Buffalo Bills last year. I definitely think that they're going to be back even stronger this year. Um, you know, th- th- I I do think those needs are necessary um, that that um, PFF has listed here, but I also think that there's one need that they've missed off, and I haven't. Um, yeah, I, I think there's one need that they've missed off. And when you think of the Buffalo Bills, you know, you think of Josh Allen, you think of Diggs, you know, th- those are their kind of two stars, right? Um, At running back, they have Devin Singletary, but I don't think Singletary is the guy. And I don't think he's been that amazing for the Buffalo Bills. So... In that case, there's one player that I really think that they should pick up, given the opportunity, if he's still on the board. And his name is Javonte Williams. They took part, he he took part in that um, crazy game where between him and Michael Carr, I think one of them had like five touchdowns and they, they, they had both had like over, I think, 400 all-purpose yards together. It was like the, the craziest college football game for a pair of running backs ever. Um, I just think he is, you know, he's a violent, violent runner. You know, he will run through somebody's face and that's the kind of brutish strength that the Bills will need. And that adds such a different dimension to their game. It makes them the probably one of the most complete teams in the AFC. So at uh, pick number 30, I'm going to go with Javante Williams from North Carolina. I feel like running back as a player is a position where players can come into the team very quickly and impress because you know it's not always difficult so it's not always easy to play running back in the nfl but it's so flashy when they when they spark off a run because your your fans will get behind that player so quickly as soon as that happens so it'd be good to see that you know you know 
Buffalo at times looked like they were absolutely cruising. But what's the best way to sometimes get the the ball out of Allen's hands, put the ball in the hands of a running back? So yeah, I like that pick. Right, Scott, we've came around to one of the most interesting trades and draft positions of the whole draft. At pick 31 is the Baltimore Ravens, but to get there, they paid heavily. Before we get into who you're going to pick, are you happy with the moves that they made to get there? Yeah, so... I think when you dumb it down, we've effectively traded away a pro bowler to move up from the second to the first round. And like, if that at the very end of the first round, but there's a few things that need to be taken into account here. Right? So Orlando Brown jr. We drafted him in the third round, I think three years ago. Um, he, has been a great fit for us. His dad played for Baltimore, and it was a really, really nice story. His dad played, um, if I'm right in saying, at left tackle. Um, so spiritually, he's always wanted to play left tackle. We had him at right tackle because guess what? We've got the highest paid left tackle in football, Ronnie Stanley. Um, you know, Ronnie got injured last year really early on. We had to shift Zeus, which is Orlando Brown Jr.'s uh, nickname, over there. So... Uh, Zeus played left tackle. He was great. He got to the Pro Bowl for us. That was really, really good. And then at the end of the season, he said, "Right, I I want out because I want to go play left tackle. I want I want to get left tackle money." Um, so we have let him go. Um, I think we're always going to trade him. This is the smart time to trade him because it gives us draft stock to move into the first round again and get another player. Um. Obviously, being in the first round means we get better quality of player. But guess what? It also helps with contracts because players that are in the first round, you get an extra year on them that you can take as an option. Um, so we don't need to pay whoever we're going to pick for an extra year because we drafted up. Um, the other downside to Brown is that if we had forced him to play left, ta- uh, sorry, right tackle next year, his contract year was this year. So we'd either have had to pay a massive money to keep him or, um, you know, we'd, we'd release them anyway. So the Chiefs have picked up a great pick for them, but they're going to have to pay a hell of a lot of money to keep them after next year. So I think, actually, it's a pretty even trade for both teams um, when when you look at it all, all being said and done. And for me, personally, I realized that Brown had to go, but I also was so stuck on what the Ravens pick at 27 so it's a blessing to be able to get back into the first round and pick up what we need because I talked about what we need at wide receiver, but we've got a hell of a problem at edge. We have a huge problem at edge. Um, I'm going to just say this very, very quickly. I'm not picking a tackle here because we're bringing in Villanueva. He can play there for a year on, on the right side. We get Ronnie Stanley back sorted, right? So we could bring in a tackle and we've been linked with a tackle, obviously, but it's for, for me, I'm not going to pick a tackle here. I'm going to pick Edge. We have lost Matt Judon to the Patriots, and we've lost Yannick Ngokwe to the Raiders. Okay? The thing that both of them brought to the team outside of being bloody brilliant was leadership. So looking at the board at the moment, there's four players there that are potentially worth a first-round pick. Jason Owe, who we've discussed... And obviously, he's ranked the best. But the one thing that that keeps on coming up, and it, it can't be avoided, the guy, for all his good stats, didn't get a sack. 
and that that could potentially be a problem. Okay, um, Aziz Ojulari from Georgia is a player who's gotten better and better every single season he's been in college football, and probably has the best upside out of the four guys on on our screen at the moment in terms of edge. Um, Gregory Russo, as we've discussed, out of Miami, um, is you know he 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 took last year off. If he didn't take last year off, he'd have probably been looking at a top ten pick overall. Um, you know, after the season he had in twenty nineteen, he he would have probably be looking at a top ten pick. Um, and then you got Carlos Basham Jr., who I've also seen the range of teams around this um, end of the first round be linked with too. It is quite a deep edge draft, to be honest. Like even like Ronnie Perkins, I've seen linked as well. Um, you know, uh, Joseph Asai, I've seen as well. Um, so there's quite a few players that potentially could land to a number of teams here. But and and Nels is going to hate this because I'm going I'm going to Hollywood again. But I've said it. It's all about leadership. We need someone to come in and fill that Matt Judon hole. And I keep on getting heartbroken at, at this side of the pitch. Um, because you know we we've lost Matt Judon, who for me has been the Ravens' best player on that side of the pitch for a good few seasons, and then before him we had C.J. Mosley, who you know when I when I got into football we had we were just losing Ray Lewis, and I thought C.J. Mosley was 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 going to be the next Ray Lewis, and then as soon as his contract year came up, he bloody went and left us, and Matt Judon's done the same. So I am needing somebody to give me. A big pep talk here on this side of the ball. I'm, I'm, I'm needing a leader, and I've, pr- I've prepared um, an answer through actually um, a background. So the people that are listening won't be able to see this, but listen, we're talking about leadership. Look at this picture. Look at this great picture of Miami's Gregory Russo here, looked at like a god by his teammates. This shouts leadership. As soon as I saw this picture for the first time, I said, Nels, this is my guy. This is my guy right here. And if, I picked, few... at, if I picked him at Browns, that would have been so peak. But... It would have been because uh, I, I would have had all this prepared for nothing. Um, but but there, there's been some talk about Russo. Some people, weirdly, some of the scouts have him going in the first round um, some say he's got the he's got the best upside out of all the edges, but other um, scouts actually say that he can drop as low as the third round. Um, and Nels, you are basically a Miami Hurricanes fan. Um, you know that, that that Russo is the shit. Am I right? He is. He is awesome. He's a first round talent, and the fact that he's done all this is basically like he he's a first round talent based off one year of playing college football. Shows how good he is. He's six foot seven. He's lanky. He already weighs like two forty, so he could easily like put on more size and be, I don't know, mate, like the edge version of Calais Campbell, which is terrifying. Oh, fun fact by the way, um, you know who's being who's who's been training him over the past few months and been lobbying teams to take him in the first round. Calais Campbell. There you go. Do you know who Calais Campbell plays for? The Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, baby. So I hope that as we're recording this right now, Calais Campbell is sitting texting Harbaugh saying, you pick Russo or I'm going to beat you up, Jimmy boy. Okay, so 
yeah, it has to be Gregory Russell for me. It's quite like 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 there's not a great deal of statistical evidence as to why we would pass up Owe and Ojolari, but it just feels like the right pick. So I'm gonna make it. I like this because we spoke we you know, we highly praised Russell earlier in this show. Nels Nels said some kind words and I, I was sold on I thought he was already gone. That's how much I was sold on this guy. Um but no, like falling to my uh, the Ravens at thirty one coming out of Miami, like you're right. This is the kind of stuff that teams need. They need big leaders like this. There's been teams in the NFL, like you saw it, the Jags uh, year that they came through. They just didn't have enough leaders. So the next year after they went in that really deep run almost to the Super Bowl, the next year the team just fell off a cliff and they've been arguably off that cliff ever since. So big thanks to Scott for that at pick 31. Let's roll on now to the final pick of our show. At 32, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I bought the jersey the week before they went into that Super Bowl and uh, what a triumphant night it was for Tom Brady and all his pals. Um, do they have holes? Where, where, where do we go at 32? See, this is the thing. I do think Tampa could very much be on for a repeat. You know, the fact that um, Mike Evans started to restructure his contract so they could keep everybody else in the team um it says here that they need a quarterback but i don't think there's any quarterback worth taking at this point right now maybe davis mills but i, I think that'd be a reach at the beginning or at, uh, at the end of the second round so i look at who's left on the board and i look at teams that need players later um on the board and I think Scott's pick of the main man, Gregory Russo, who I'm not going to lie, that is such a wicked picture of him. Like, it is such an incredible photo. But um, I think that the person, or I think that the team that would consider trading up is the New York Giants, who pick next at number 42. Now, I'm not exactly sure what they would swap and what they would, like, what Tampa would give them. But let's for for the purpose of this, let's say they swap the um, thirty second pick for the forty second pick, and Tampa also send them a round two pick in twenty twenty two. So they swap this pick. The Giants trade up. The Giants desperately need an edge. They need to start building on their defense, and they select either the best available on the board or. The player with the most upside, Aziz Ojolari. So Jason always the best on the board, and Aziz Ojolari is the, the player with the best upside. Now, I think right here the way to go is Aziz Ojolari, and that is because this guy just keeps getting better and better and better. And you know the Giants won't be the finished product yet. They need Danny need to figure out if Danny Dimes is the guy. So whilst they're doing that, they can allow time for someone like Aziz Ojolari to ease into the league. So that's where I'm going with the 32nd pick. The Giants select Aziz Ojolari. 91.7 pass rushing grade this past season. That is huge. Mm -hmm. That is one of the best numbers we've seen of any of the players we've spoken about. Uh, Ojolari goes to the Giants at pick 32. Um, I forgot to force the trade and uh, it didn't really like me uh, <laughs> trying to give away the entire 2022 draft class in exchange. But nevertheless, we got there in the end. So that is our show. I'm going to quickly run through our 32. Scott, you want to jump in? Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what grade 
uh, PFF has given each of our picks here. So we start off the obvious ones. Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. Um, Wilson to the Jets. Jones to the Niners. Pitts to the Falcons. Sewell to the Bengals. We've got A's for all of those. A pluses for the first three. An A for Pitts and then an A minus for Sewell. Jamar Chase to the Dolphins. It doesn't like that. B minus. Doesn't know what it's talking about. It's doesn't know what it's talking about. A plus for Justin Fields uh, to the Denver Broncos. You know, some people might not like that, but I'm, I'm on board with it. Trey Lance also quarterback to the Panthers. I think that's two teams who are essentially quarterback needy. Um, it just didn't like our trade. You know how, <laughs> you know how the NFL does all those amazingly hilarious... Um, cartoon like stat bits can you imagine justin field's face on a horse like it's gonna be brilliant like it's good like the 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 wee cartoons you can make with justin fields at the broncos it's <laughs> endless for that the pick alone is worth an a plus absolutely um we had jalen waddle to the cardinals patrick certain to the the cowboys slater to the giants parsons to the eagles and jc horn to the Chargers. We got B's and C's for those guys. Come on. Are you happy with these? Nah, it doesn't know what it's talking about again. <laughs> I think uh, I think we, we, we recognize this is that um they draft they, they grade quarterbacks as A's all the time, no matter where you draft them. But everything else is a bit eh. If we keep going down our list, uh Quitty Pie, number fourteen to the Vikings, giving that a big dirty C. But all of a sudden, Devonta Smith seems perfectly suited from Alabama to the Patriots with an A minus, and then perhaps most surprisingly, we've got an A plus for Morig to the uh, Lions at sixteen. Scott. Yeah, it looks like um, you know after all them double trading down has worked out perfectly. Nice <laughs> A plus for that. I like it. Uh, Vera Tucker goes to the Raiders at 17. Darisaw goes to the Dolphins at eight, 18. Tony goes from uh, Brentford to Washington football team at 19. Uh, Bateman goes to the Bears at 20. These picks looks look like they worked out for you guys. A minus, A, B plus, A minus, B plus. These are all good numbers. Um, Jalen Phillips goes to the Colts at 21. Greg Newsom goes to the Titans at 22. Najee Harris goes to the Jets at 23. And guys, you are both fired. Creed Humphrey, the center to the Steelers at 24. D, worst grading of the entire draft. I don't know what to say on that. He's been heavily linked to go in the first round. And, you know, Oklahoma is a great football team. They've got a really good quarterback that's going to be, you know, possibly a first-round pick in a couple of years, Spencer Rattler. Keep your eye out for him. Um, but, yeah, it's quite... It's I, I don't know. I think Creed Humphrey would fit in really well at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm, I'm, I'm quite disappointed that PFF disagrees. Yeah. I think what we've learned from this is that the person behind the PFF is Steelers running back coach. <laughs> or just all of Steelers running backs themselves. <laughs> um, roll on now, 25, Travis Etienne's going to the Jags. Um, Christian Barmore finally off the board at 26 to the Browns. Terrace Marshall goes to the Ravens at 27. Um, and why won't you let me scroll down? Uh, Elijah Moore to the uh, Saints at 28. Zavin Collins to the Packers at 29, Javante Williams to the Bills at 30, 
Russo goes to the Ravens at 31. And our last pick, Ojolari goes to the Giants at 32, who traded up to get him. Lots of Bs and Cs in there. Elijah Moore is a highlight. Terrence, Terrace Marshall is a highlight as well. And Barmore seems like the perfect fit to the Browns at 26. So overall, um, Cs, Bs, uh, terrible draft for the Vikings, terrible draft for the Steelers, terrible draft for the Chargers. And um, what do you guys think? Um, I am excited. I think that somehow we have managed to pull together a draft that's really different from all of the other mock drafts, despite the fact that we've just used mock drafts as our kind of homework here. So in trying to copy them, we have failed miserably. But in that, I'm excited at what we've made. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing how much of this actually comes true on draft night. It'll be very interesting to see. Absolutely. Well, that is our first round of the NFL draft. We have told you so much about the NFL season on this show. We've told you where every quarterback will go. We've told you where every free agent will go. And now you know where everyone will go in the first round of the NFL draft. But that is it for another episode of Fourth and Out. Scott, thank you so much once again for all of your beautiful picks. Nels, thank you so much for joining us. It's thank you for delight. having me, man. We can't introduce you as a full-time member just yet because we've not <laughs> got the money in the budget, but we'd love to have you back again soon. For sure, anytime. Uh, cheers once again from me and Scott, and we'll see you next time. Scott, what's the next big moment in the NFL that we'll have to talk about? I guess we'll have to come back after the draft to see who the winners and losers are. Are you up for that? Definitely, let's do it. Nels will need you then as well because I know nothing about these players. Right, thank you so much for listening and watching, guys. Remember, you can get all of our episodes on YouTube or on Spotify as well. Just search Fourth and Out and uh, do leave comments and uh, rate things as well because it makes our shows go up on all these websites and reach more listeners. But from us, that's a wrap. Muffins, catch that touchdown and play us out. Mm-hmm.